In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today is a magnificent day for the whole church, the Orthodox Church, when we remember a recent saint, Saint Paisios of Mount Athos. And today, I would like you to think about bringing Saint Paisios not on your address book as a friend, but in your life as a friend. Last night we heard about Saint Paisios. He passed his life on earth and lived as a citizen of heaven. He was never anxious about earthly cares, rather he ever delighted in the Lord, and he walked in his light. By purely fasting he received the bread of angels. By prayer unceasing he made his heart into heaven. This blessed man ascended divine ascents and joined the angels in singing the sacred doxology. And you know what? This blessed man died in 1994. He got to see the jet planes, the internet, pornography plaguing the world, cancer, the wars, the hatred, the fall of communism, the limos, the Bentleys. He's seen it all. He was born in 1924 in Cappadocia, a land that today is under Turkey. And after the war between Greek, uh, the Greece, Greece and Turkey in 1921-22, the Christians, the Greek population from that part of the world, was asked to get out of there quickly before the sword came over them to kill them. So they literally have days to leave. This is the land that produced St. Basil of Cappadocia. St. Arsenios of Cappadocia. Right? So he was born around that time. And he was baptized by his parish priest. Arsenios was his name. Today, St. Arsenios of Cappadocia. Who, when he took the baby to put him in the water, did not give him the name that the parents and the godparents wanted. But he gave him the name that he felt inspired to give. So he named the baby Arsenios. Just like he. So baby Arsenios was baptized by a saint. Who also prophesied that this boy will be a monk to take over from him of great importance in our faith. St. Arsenios then, the humble priest, also prophesied that a great trial will come on their path. A great tribulation. So they didn't know about this yet. He prophesied that this was the exodus and they're becoming refugees and that he will be part of that and he will die at their new destination 40 days after their arrival. Shortly after this, they were kicked out of there. He is the one who led them, St. Arsenios, as the, as the pastor leads the flock all the way to Greece. And that's where 40 days after the arrival, they died. He died, the saint. So now the little boy grew to be away from home in the new land of, of Greece now, what is today Greece. And uh, from very faithful parents, especially a mother who instilled to him the fear of God, reverence, and the, uh, the desire to grow spiritually, to be righteous with God, the boy, Arsenios, grew with zeal for prayer and fasting. He grew to be a, a, um, a monk. He was tonsured, so he was born in 1924. He was tonsured um, to the small schema in 1956, so he was pretty 32 years old. And in different locations of monasteries, he was asked to come back to his village as a monk 
This was in 1958. Listen to this. To help the villagers with the proselytism of Protestant groups. There come the mission, Protestant missionaries were, were there in the Orthodox Greece where the saint was now uh, calling home and he went to help. He made it to Mount Sinai where he proved himself to be a great, gentle, loving soul, especially with the Bedouins who are not Christians, who uh, helped them tremendously. What I made it to say here that he also uh, fought in the war, the civil war in Greece after World War II. He was a radio operator in the military, a man that we heard later showed great courage, kindness, and support for his fellow military. He finally receives the great schema in 1968, late in his life. St. Paisios was a monk, not a priest, not a bishop. He was uh, minimally educated, but a great of men faith. He faced challenges, respiratory issues, and then in his struggle, pastoral struggle, of helping the people who are coming to him from all over, as a good pastor, as a good father, and a miracle worker, a healer, he asked God that he will give him better understanding of what the people go through. That's you and I. When it comes to illness, that's cancer. And he asked the good Lord that if this is beneficial to him, to help his people, to give him cancer as well. And he was granted this. The suffering that he went through was tremendous, but he bore it with great, great dignity and courage. Never complained. As he was sick, he got to, um, he got to know the, his saviors, the novices from the monastery of Suroti, who offered to donate blood to save him when he had his lungs operated. Later on, he remembered this, and he went towards the end of his life to establish that monastery, to grow it and put it on his feet. And it is this place, the Suroti Monastery, next to Thessaloniki, where he reposed in the Lord in 1994, loved by the nuns there and loved by so many. His grave as the monastery of Suroti is very simple. It is outside of the church where the relics of St. Arsenios of Cappadocia, the one who baptized him, are placed in the narthex of that beautiful church. The two saints, Arsenios and Paisios, had a relationship through their lifetime that continues now in the kingdom of heaven to give us strength to become holy. And through his ministry, Paisios turned to Arsenios, the saint, for help and guidance. An organic relationship, not from the books, but a living one, saint to saint. And since we are saints, called to grow saints, we ought to cultivate this relationship with this marvelous, beautiful saint. But today we celebrate Saint Paisios. What was special about him? We have people who met him and testify, this man was so humble. He was so humble, like an angel walking on earth. This man had discernment. He could read one inside out about the one who was approaching. He could read across continents. He could see. He was very engaged in the spiritual warfare, day and night. And because of this, 
He was all at all times vigilant and on top of the devil. He had peace. Nothing disturbed him. So in his presence, one would receive peace and grace. He had wisdom. He spoke from the Holy Spirit. He loved to read. And he was speaking from the Holy Fathers and from the Gospel too. So, a contemporary holy man, brothers and sisters, and he's so real, bringing to your lives. Last night we prayed the Akathist hymn to him. It's a beautiful, beautiful description of what he did. Allow me to read about him, his CV, Curriculum Vitae, from our service. And make this service part of your prayers because he will be there to help. One of the problems that he fought of the world is the issue of families, divorces, marital issues, infidelity, parenting, and all these things. And he wrote, he, we have quite a bit from him about this. So, he did gird himself with the weapon of the word, teaching spouses that only patience, long-suffering, forbearance, and self-sacrifice with love can ensure the peace of their homes. Showing faithful spouses that peace in the family is the fruit of the Holy Spirit and that they must wisely strive for this. Very kindly, you got to strive for peace. You do everything you have to have peace in your family. Humble yourself. Because without peace in the family, nothing will go. His intercessor before God for the harmony of those in married life. Advice to live in moderation and and holiness. He teaches us unselfishly to bear one another's weaknesses, spouses. He shows the parents that through prayer, the grace of God descends on the whole family, bringing peace and happiness. He taught the couples to struggle against all sins, seeing those sins the cause of the failing of families. He was an unyielding reprover of the horrible slaughter of infants. That's of abortion. He did tell faithful mothers that through the example of their lives, they can turn their children into saints. And in fact, that the mothers bear this responsibility more than the fathers. He showed the young that through through their obedience, they attract the mercy of God and the peaceful life. Did you hear that, kids? Back to obedience, St. Paisius says. Through your obedience, you attract peace and God's mercy. That is to beseech to earn their parents' blessing before doing anything. Through which comes also the blessing of the Holy Spirit. You go to school, you go to get married, get your parents' blessing. St. Paisios was also a healer. Miraculously, miraculously healed all our sufferings both in body and the soul. We know of him as the healer of all diseases through the gift given to him by God. For burning with love and piety for those tormented by affliction, he did safelessly pray for their relief, teaching them to thank God for all things, including for the illness. He prayed for those who are coming to him intensely with great piety. We know of him as the weapon against the horrible disease of cancer as the tireless carer for those that suffer in terrible pain, the banisher of demons, the most merciful father not, uh, who could not bear to see the people crushed under the weight of their sufferings of body and soul. 
He did take upon himself all the troubles and sorrows of, this, of them coming to him. And they were living light, healed physically and spiritually that place where he was. He selflessly prayed that God gave him uh, our weaknesses. That's cancer. And he was granted that. He was a pastor and the father to his people. He loved them so much. He did teach the people to struggle against the evil thoughts sown in their minds by the enemy of our salvation. Shining with the gift of discernment, he could um, once reveal to, thy, to his sons whether their thoughts were from God or from the devil. He brought to, not, to zero, to nothing, all the cunning snares of the evil one. And he did bring many to repentance. It is in this area that we'll stop now for a few minutes. The oppression of the evil one and the ability to repent. In his ministry, St. Paisios will take labored tires to remove the evil one, the devil, from those approaching him. We know, we know directly from St. Paisios, from his books that look like this in the collection, a fantastic collection that you will tap into, I hope. We have some of these books at the bookstore here that uh, will really give you the connection with him and the power to move on with life. But a beautiful description of who St. Paisios is, was, is, comes from a young man who was demon-possessed. And this young man, after the saint reposed, with the blessing of the saint afterwards, and the blessing of his spiritual father, wrote a book called The Guru's the young man and elder Paisios. This is innocent insight into the life of the saint, seen from the outside. This young man in Greece was very curious and he wanted to try all kinds of things, not just alcohol and drugs and sex. He was a spiritual being. So he went after spiritual experiences. Although surrounded by Christians, Orthodox Christians, he sought the more exciting, fulfilling, as he sought, experiences. He got into, into occult practices, witchcrafting. And soon after that, with his friends, he was frightened to death. The devil lived in his bedroom. The devil was opening the doors, inviting his friends and kicking them out, beating him. He got in so much trouble that he was not functioning properly anymore. By God's grace, somehow he made it to Mount Athos. When he met a few monks who were experienced with the devil, this is all they do there, they fight the devil. And finally he's brought to St. Paisios. This man with the devil, devils inside, describes the encounter with St. Paisios. There was something about me when our eyes met for the first time. There was something about his eyes, large and penetrating, that nearly blinded me. His sweet gaze was powerful and sacred, transcending the limits of human nature as I knew it. In a flash, I lowered my head in awe of the spiritual radiance that was before me. The saint knew who was there. He knew where he was coming from and what he was going through. And he received him with great, great love and trust. And asked him, can I come in your soul? What a question, huh? Can I come in your soul? 
And uh, the, the young man said yes. He trusted him. Although before then he was not trusting anybody. Yes. Can I take a walk around inside you? The elder says. Our souls were quite united. He says. And the joy and the peace he experienced. The gladsome light. Rejuvenation were beyond measure. So you would think that such an encounter would change one's life, huh? Just like us. You come to church, we pray, we worship, we receive Holy Communion, the confession. Here's the man encountering God's presence incarnated right there. But the young man after this experience went back to Athens. And he went back reverse to these practices. And he was full of the devil. He was in darkness. To make the short, the short, the long story short, I really want you to read this book. You will not be able to put it down, and it will change your lives. The man gets planted somehow in his head to make it to India, to learn from the yogi there, the ones who practice yoga, the gurus. That's why it's called the gurus, the young men, and the elder Paisios. And given all the circumstances, he makes it to India, and uh, he gets in trouble there. Big time. Physical trouble, but much more so associated with people who are engaged in this demonic practice of yoga. Makes it to higher and higher rank officers, if you wish. Priests in their heretic practice to the very top. The very top is one who, who was a murderer, who would kill in no time who had so much power from the devil that he could work from the distance anything he wanted. The young man, along with other youths, who got scared, panicked and left, continues his journey there. He was under the foot of the devil, hated by these leaders in the yoga space, the gurus. And it's only because of the prayers of St. Paisios who was thousands of miles located in his cell in, on Mount Athos, that the young man survived. His soul was almost covered. And there was a fight just like in Star Wars. The gurus, those who hated him and wanted to destroy, sensing that there was another power, could not get rid of him. Could not trash him. He remembered the little prayer. He remembered of the Virgin Mary. He remembered the Jesus prayer. He said these prayers at once. And all those in the yoga space freaked out. They didn't want him anymore there. Just a little prayer. Sustained by Saint Paisios. The devil could not take care of him. Could not destroy him. Moreover, Saint Paisios pulled him out of there. Through his prayers. Miraculous. Salvation. He comes back. And what would you do after something like this? You come to your senses, huh? Goes to Mount Athos. Finds Elder Paisios. Saint Paisios. Talks to him about what he went through. And the saint says, I know it all. You don't have to tell me anything. I know it all. So, it is in this context that they meet. And yet, although I, the young man says, 
And they, my friends, suffer so much at the hands of the Hindu gurus. Strangely, strangely enough, it still wouldn't sink in. I had put myself in mortal danger and suffered the souls of my person, body and soul. Yet I still could not see. Perhaps by the prayers of the elder, grace protected me for a, for a season. Lest I prematurely realize what I had gone through and be driven to despair. Perhaps I was simply foolish. In any event, I gradually came to an understanding of my spiritual injuries while I was in, protection, in the protection environment of the holy mountain. He realized what he had gone through. One day, sometime after the elder, Paisios, had cast out the demon from him, another demon, he brought the demons to Mount Athos, so he cast out the demon. I went to see him. After a visit between the two of us, I passed beyond his wire fence, and the elder prepared to lock it. We had, been we had been talking about yoga. And before leaving, I said, But elder, they are good people. And how many of you would say this about yoga today? But father, there's nothing wrong. We're only doing stretching. Suddenly, a few feet away from me, suddenly, a few feet away from me at the right, a seven-foot-tall bay tree began to quake violently as though someone were venting hatred on it, shaking it hard enough to pull it out by its roots. And yet the day was breezeless. All the neighboring vegetation remained completely still. Terrified by this inexplicable, inexplicable phenomenon, I called out, Elder, what's going on here? It's your friend, he responded calmly. I lowered my head in shame. This is when I realized, I really understood the nature of the yogi's kindness and became aware of the number of demons that my friends, the yogis, had sent me sent my way. This is also when I was reminded that the elder was the one who was standing between the guru and me, as well as between the demons and me. I had put the elder through many trials and made him take up my spiritual burden. I would leave and he would have to confront the demons for my sake. I quickly and fearfully went my way. The yogis would have me, would have to get by the elder before they could reach me. He was on the front line in the spiritual battle while I was still far behind lying in the infirmary. The elder used to say, the devil isn't able to hide in a sack for long since some horn will always show through the sack. But if you ask him, hey devil, what's, this, what's that sticking out? He will answer, oh, that's not a horn, it's an eggplant. In other words, the elder said, if evil showed itself for what it really was, everyone would flee from it for fear of being harmed. It has to be camouflaged and appear to be beautiful and good and tasty, I add, so that people will accept it. And in the same way, people engaged in evil have to act as though they are virtuous, so that they will not alienate others. I recall being overwhelmed with a feeling of gratitude. So you realize, it was the demon from him, getting out of him, that was sent into this tree, shaking it like this. Much like the pigs that were sent by the Lord Jesus Christ into the abyss. I recall being overwhelmed with feeling of gratitude for the councils, for the countless times the elder had taken up my spiritual burden on account of my own 
laziness and cowardice. I told him, Elder, you've done so much for me. What can I ever do for you in return? Did you hear that? He's ready to do so much for all of us. But the young man had this feeling of expressing gratitude, thanksgiving. And the elder answered, What are you talking about, blessed child? Do you know how much good you have done to me? Do you know how many times you've put my prayer rope in my hands? What he meant was that because I was in danger, he had been forced to use his prayer rope for my sake even more than usual. This is how St. Paisios was. Even in front of this man, he turned it with great humility, deflecting the attack of the evil to fall into pride. Brothers and sisters, when the Lord approached these two demoniacs, He didn't approach just the two of them. He approached us all. And you might not practice the occult. You might not do the yoga the way He did. We might not do these things. But boy, I tell you, right here, left and right, bending us. St. Paisios will see them. These are enemies, the devil. The devils, the evil ones. So today, when the Lord approaches the demoniacs, the gathering demoniacs, the Gospel of St. Luke, they recognized that He is God. Remember that. What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Right before this, the people around Christ didn't recognize Him as the Son of God. They just recognized Him as a person, a man. The young men in this book that St. Paisius was so patient with couldn't recognize the true God. Could not. He was blinded. The devil upon him pulled him all the time. He did not want to change. In the Gospel lesson, we find a striking, striking event. The Lord heals the demoniacs with a word. The devils are sent out, we know many of them, legion, into the pigs, and the pigs go into the, in, in, in the, the water and perish. What's striking here? The power of the Lord of the devil? Infinite. Infinite. The devil cannot do anything without asking the Lord. You see, they ask, can you please let us go into the pig? The pigs, yes. But where we come in now, where are the villagers? The villagers who, when they heard that these two people of their community, their brothers maybe, parents, children, God knows what, they were their people, were healed. They worried more about their pigs, about their loss, about their business, about their image. And they told Jesus, to leave them. Wow. And this is what this young man went through. Although he was presented, God took him over and over again to the place of being saved. He went back to the world, just like we go after the service, back to calling, texting, gossiping, watching. God knows what other 
things we do that are wasteful and abusive and taking us away from God under the oppression of the devil. And we say, sorry Christ, it's fine, you heal them, but I don't want you here. I'm better off with my old habits. This is the tragedy. And this young man comes in to tell us, there is hope. But only to struggle with this. Have the right connection. And I told you, he needs to be your friend. Our friend, St. Paisios. Is he dead? How can you say that? He's alive. Just like he was 30 years ago, 50 years ago. And bring St. Paisios engaged in the spiritual battle with the devil. With our passions, with our disobediences. We are the ones. And like the, el- like the young men here, we struggle with this and fall. But never give up. Never give up. There's power that comes from Christ Himself. You see how much it is. We have the channels. Panagia, the Virgin Mary, the Theotokos, the saints, and the one we celebrate today, so beautifully described as a healer, as a parent, as a caretaker, as a fighter against the devil. Let us turn to them and only desire, only desire that Christ will dwell with us. Stay with us, Lord. Do not leave us. O tender Father Paisios, of old you strengthened and saved many people in the world. Now we pray you to strengthen us and to comfort us. Give us health for our souls and for our bodies. And incite us to be zealous. To be zealous in our repentance and works of love. Amen.